just like the days of old, right? When people were selling suits out of a briefcase or whatever, and be be able to bring people through your process and close a certain percentage of them. And I think it's it's definitely doable for you know almost any situation if you put in the time and effort. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Dan Englander, who's the CEO and founder of Sales Schema. How are you doing, Dan? I'm well, Matt. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Hey, thanks for being on. And I want to read your bio quick so people have a good idea who you are. So you're the CEO and founder of Sales Schema, which is a fractional new business team for marketing agencies. And you also host the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. And previously, Dan was the first employee head of new business for Idea Rocket. And before that, he was account coordinator at DX Agency. And he's the author of Mastering Account Management and the B2B Sales Blueprint. Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you do at Sales Schema? Yeah, yeah. So you know, for the bio, we're basically a fractional new business team focusing on, on the agency space and marketing service companies, although we may be branching out a bit pretty soon. But what we're doing is, is basically working with our clients to open doors and keep the pipeline full in, in a way that's tasteful and, and consistent. And B2B sales seems to be your strong point. I know that we had kind of discussed before that that's what we wanted to talk about today. And B2B sales is an excellent topic because there are, I mean, we have some listeners who who sell directly to consumers, but for the most part, we're talking about businesses selling to other businesses. Correct. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's so much crossover between all these things that it's not like it's completely irrelevant, but I guess there's, you know, some idiosyncrasies with B2B. Yeah, there's there's definitely, you know, things that you can just make a little tweak to here to there if it's going to be for consumers, you know, and it's all human to human. Right. As you're kind of Ryan Dice would say. So unless you're selling to dogs, then that's that's a different, <laughs> different animal. Then you still got to sell to the owner. Right. It's like the old thing where you have the description on why do they have descriptions on a cat food can? Because the cat can't read it. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. At least in, not in theory. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Fancy feast because your cat cares how fancy it is when they used to eat mice. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you, you have to imagine that there's enough there's enough crazy pet owners that are like trying to get their pets decision on, on various products. So maybe it's not so outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine them holding up the cans in front of them. They're like, do you want the pink can today, Fluffy? Or would you like the blue can today, Fluffy? Yeah, I'm sure that's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Ryan and places like Brooklyn or SF. Yeah. People who've been in their like in their apartment too long from COVID time. You know, like was that movie Castaway or whatever where he makes friends with the with the volleyball? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little crazy after you get stuck in your house a little too long. Right, right. You can see that happening. We'll just just pray that that they get enough vaccines out in time that everybody's not going too crazy. So let's talk about B2B sales. So lead generation is probably the largest topic that you can read stuff for on the Internet related to any kind of work. Everybody's talking about different ways to do lead generation. And I would say 98 percent of it is crap. So what is kind of a good place for people to start with generating leads for B2B? 
Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And, and obviously, you know, what you do tactically is probably going to depend on who you're selling to and your, your unique situation and everything. I think if you were selling to small roofing companies, you know, you might not be able to use the same tactics as if you were selling to tech startups or something that small owner of the small roofing company might be running around between sites and may pick up his or her cell phone probably isn't going to be answering LinkedIn messages anytime soon. Right. So, so I think that the tactics are going to vary, but the main thing that we've sort of moved to at sales schema. And again, like our domain are our, our ad agencies and we're prim- primarily selling to like mid to large companies, let's say, but what we've moved towards is more about, identifying the low hanging fruit, identifying the types of people that that are likely to talk to our clients in the areas where they can do business. So it's sort of flipping things on its head a bit because the way it used to work for a long time and the way that we did it for a long time for that matter was what everybody's doing, right? You you basically say, okay, I'm selling to CMOs of well-funded SaaS companies or whatever. And I'm going to spit out a list, you know, go buy a list somewhere. I'm going to go hit those people up. I'm going to make a funnel and hope that they talk to me. And I think that, you know, sometimes that works. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think what we've seen happen, you know, it's kind of twofold for one, this isn't a new trend. You know, the, the world's gotten flatter. There's a lot more options. So there's, that means there's more agencies, but even if you're outside that world, there's just more solutions overall, like in the digital space, there's the global economy's accessible. So there's more competition and then there's also more competition for, for attention, right? There's more people, you know, pelting your, your ideal buyer on a, every digital channel and probably analog channels too. And then that, that knob got turned up to 11 with, with COVID, right? So you have a situation where you know, even if you're perfectly positioned, it still might be pretty hard to break in and get that decision maker to say, yeah, I'll give you 30 minutes of my time. So then the question becomes, what do you do? And for us, it's been about, again, kind of figuring out where there's some kind of business and or personal commonality that our clients have to the people they want to sell to. So to make that tangible, we have campaigns going now where we've identified all the the C-level people that went to the same college as our client. And and in one case, Columbia University, we've said, Hey, you know, I went to Columbia, you went to Columbia. I graduated this year. I'm doing this on the third. I work with an agency. We do this kind of work. looks like you might be in a similar space. We'd love to connect and love and talk. And then from that, you know, that's a situation where if we're doing that at scale, we're probably getting, you know, 10, 20 appointments a week that way. So, you know, obviously we have lots of proprietary stuff and things that we're doing to make that happen at scale. But, you know, if you were with a small business, you would, you're DIYing this for now. I think it's useful to think about, you know, where, who's likely to talk to me based on a connection, you know, with my businesses or personally and starting, maybe it's a trade association you're in, starting there. So it's kind of like doing, you know, the same thing you'd be doing to get a referral, but just doing it at scale and kind of thinking about it from in the digital context, if that makes sense. So you're looking at, I think, you know, the first step in that process then is going to be identifying who that perfect kind of match for what you're selling is. Like you said, right, CMOs of a well-funded startup that went to Columbia University. I mean, now you're getting pretty specific at that point. That might be 100 people, right? Sure. Versus, you know, the average kind of digital marketing advertising campaign where, I mean, you would be targeting in the hundreds of thousands at a minimum. Yeah. And then the B2B world, you know, it's definitely going to get smaller. Maybe it's more than a than hundred. I'd say with us, our, our typical campaigns might be several thousand people and we might do that over the course of one to a few months or whatever it might be. But, you know, there's, there's lots of different things you can do. Another thing just to kind of give away, give away some free tactics. Another thing that we do a lot is 
identifying people that might have worked for our clients' clients. So we say, hey, hey, you know, give us a list of your historic accounts. We're going to find people that used to work there and have since moved on to relevant positions. And you know, then we're saying, hey, we do a lot of work for Nike, and we, you know, we know you used to work there. So I saw you used to work there. Now I'm doing this. You know, it looks like you're doing interesting work. Let's talk. And that's a very classic connection. You know, that's something that almost nobody's doing because it takes time to do that. You know, so I think that again, like where everything is heading is is towards personalization. I think that you know people are are kind of like dying for that that sort of effect, and it's hard to do well. It's hard to do at scale. So I think that if you can find a way to do that, you know, consistently, you're, you're going to be getting meetings when, if you created a really fancy funnel and just sort of like repeated the same talking points over and over that can work, but you're probably only going to get people when they're solution aware, right? Where they're like, cool, I need this, the solution. And when there's nothing wrong with that, I think that's where inbound comes in. But at which point you've never really built the relationship and it's kind of a crapshoot. Cause then at that point you're, you're up against competitors and so on, as opposed to getting there sooner. You kind of hit on on a piece there that I think is really important, which is taking time, which is the thing that nobody wants to give to a lead unless it's pre-qualified, right? Like everybody wants pre-qualified leads, but no one wants to take the time to build the relationship on someone who may not be a good lead. And I think that that's a failure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we see that, we see that a whole lot. Cause I think, you know, a lot, especially in the agency world, I think it's across the board, people kind of, you know, are in this sort of thing where they, they don't realize that they need to do something different to get to the next level. And they're like, you know, I've survived on referrals and my network. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times a week I hear, you know, just get us on the phone and we'll close them. And I'm like, people that are more self-aware, not smarter, people that are more self-aware, I think we'll say, yeah, we have a really good close rate, but granted, it's been mostly referrals and people kind of know what they want and so on. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with with a referral based business necessarily. I just think that, you know, if you're looking to scale, it's going to take getting to, to something else and getting to a place where you can knock on doors, just like just like the days of old, right? When people were selling suits out of a briefcase or whatever and be, be able to bring people through your process and close a certain percentage of them. And I think it's it's definitely doable for you know almost any situation if you put in the time and effort. Yeah, and I think what's happened with digital marketing has really made people lazy. And I hate to say it, but it's absolutely true. Just like you were saying, you go buy a list, the list is garbage. It's going to be full of garbage. And yeah, there's ways to clean it, but that's a whole nother story. But yeah, you you buy a list or something or you run some ads to a very general targeting because you want to get enough that you can kind of reach enough people to let the algorithm kind of try and start to filter down. And you're putting a million people in the top of your funnel so that you can get that down to a hundred thousand and then you get that hundred thousand down to a thousand and get that thousand down to someone who might actually book a meeting with you when you could have just started by talking to those thousand people to begin with. Right. Right. And reaching out to them and building that relationship at a time when they're problem aware, but not yet necessarily solution aware, you know? So that's, that's the key. And I think that it's, you know, I think that our better clients are kind of, kind of treated more like processes that, that they do systematically as opposed to like trying to automate everything and build 
you know, fancy funnels. And I'm not saying there's no place for that. I think that there's, there's a lot of use for, for automation, but when we're talking about like the B2B world, it's more about our clients, you know, where we might be booking meetings for people. They're having lots of calls throughout a week, but most of those calls aren't going to go anywhere right away. Right. But then maybe every 30 days we're helping them by saying, okay, you talked to Bob 30 days ago. Do you have a relevant reason to reconnect? You guys have new work. Do you have a digital event? Is there something going on on their side that you can talk about? Sometimes the answer is no. You know, often the answer is yes. And then that person's then writing a custom email. So it sounds like a lot of work, but if you think about it, like going to the gym or anything else, okay, that's like maybe an hour a day you're, you're plugging into this process. And then over not very much time, that's producing lots of closed business and uh, at a level that you can almost set your watch to. And that's kind of what we're going for. And, you know, the in-person relationships that you can make, maybe not necessarily in person, but I mean, where you are talking to the other person and it's not through some automated system, right? We'll call that in person for now, just because of the pandemic and stuff. Those are the people who come back to you later and give you business, even if you're not closing them now, right? You are padding your future pipeline with these people. And I can 100% I can tell you, because the time that we're recording is the end of January of 2021 right now, even though this is going to come out in March. So far, it's we're almost a month in and 100% of my company's closed business has been people that I met or talked to through some kind of direct communication in the past. Some of them I met three years ago. So you're building out your pipeline, just like real estate agents say, the work you do today is your paycheck three months from now, right? The work you do today in an agency or a B2B could be your paycheck two or three years from now. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think that it takes, you know, just being, being willing to do to do the reps. And then I think as you get into it, you you do find shortcuts. You do find ways where you can do this sort of outreach at scale or, you know, not have to put in as much time, but it still takes, takes putting in that effort. And it's definitely worth it though. Cause that's, that's how you, you know, can, I keep, I keep saying scale, but it's just true. That's just, cause I, I think that scale doesn't have to mean arbitrary growth. It doesn't mean that you have to just grow for no reason and work, work until you have an ulcer, you know, <laughs> but it's more about creating a situation where you, you have business that's relatively reliable and that you can set your watch to, to some degree. A reliable lead generation system is gold to pretty much any company out there. That's the question I get every single day from somebody is, how do I get more leads? How do I get more leads? How do I get more leads? Right. And a lot of that is to do with a lack of kind of personal outreach, I think. Yeah. And it makes sense that what you typically hear is stuff that it sounds really, really attractive. And there's, you know, there's a lot of incentives that are filled by tech companies and software companies to give people, you know, silver bullets and, and a situation. It's, it's a lot easier to spend three hours, you know, setting up a funnel on some software product or, or buying a list and then hitting a few buttons than it is to actually, you know, figure out who you want to be selling to, kind of figuring out those hard questions and then actually getting on sales calls and then doing it. And then the follow-up, like that's not fun, fun work. I think for most people, most people would much rather just mess around with a, a software product. So because of that, you get a lot of kind of like prefabricated ideas when I, I really think that like for mo most business owners, you know, most entrepreneurs are pretty creative people. And if they just let themselves loose a little bit more, they'd probably be doing a lot better than 99% of what's sold to them and recommended to them <laughs> by like different players in the, in the, the field, right? 
Well, there's so many automation tools and funnel tools that I don't know how many people I've seen take this funnel challenge or that funnel challenge. And the interesting part is that you're totally right. It's almost like it's it's gamified, right? It's okay, well, we're going to do the funnel challenge or whatever it is. So we're going to get this software and then we're going to configure this and we're going to do some creative work and make this page look pretty. And then we're going to do some copywriting and, you know, and then we, I got to connect this up with this thing and then I got to buy this other piece of whatever. And then I got to connect all this stuff and I get all this working and everything's going to trickle down and through. And then now you've spent three weeks doing this thing and you haven't generated a single lead when you could have picked up the phone or gone to like some kind of like a zoom business networking group or, you know, all, all kinds of other ways that you can be more personally connected to people. And if you just did one of those things a week, you'd probably be way ahead of your funnel setup. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we've had, we've had clients that don't have any CRM. They have a spreadsheet. That's pretty much it. Some of them even less sophisticated. Maybe it's like a Google doc, but they have a system that works for them and they just work it and they, they close a lot of business, you know, Versus I talked to so many people that have invested, you know, thousands of monthly dollars in, in marketing automation. I'm not saying that there's not a place for it. It's just, it almost feels like you're, you've bought this 18 wheeler to like move your one bedroom apartment across the other side of town. Like it's just doesn't make sense. Everybody comes back after like six months of not making this software work. And they say, yeah, it turns out we really probably needed a person to manage the machine and we needed content to feed into it and all this stuff. But it's just so attractive to buy that machine, I guess, and, you know, let it do its thing. So it just keeps happening. (laughs) It is. And, you know, we're an agency. We have lots of marketing software. I mean, the marketing tech software, we've trimmed our tech stack severely lately more because we've just... We've kind of trimmed it down to what are the necessities and what stuff should be done by a human versus a machine, right? And I'm 100% a fan of automation. You know what? I love automation. I love automation in the right place, right? Me going out and reading somebody's bio or their one sheet before I have them on the show and talking to them back and forth, you know, like we did. I think it was on Matchmaker FM or something. And we have a little chit chat first. We talk about what's going to be on the show. Then I automate the process where you fill out the form and it builds the calendar event and sets up the schedule and all that automation is great. But the personalized part is us meeting before this and us having this conversation before and after the show. Also, that's where the real work gets done, right? That's where, I mean, if you just filled out a thing and then you had never heard of me or the show and we hadn't had any kind of conversation, you'd be coming in blind. You wouldn't have a good idea of what's going to happen. I think the automation pieces need to be used where there's no personal contact needed. Right, right. And and also like I think a big part of automation is being genuine about where it lives, you know. So I think I think there's there's exceptions to this, but I, I think this sort of like automation spoofing a, a real interaction is less effective than maybe it used to be just because more people are hip to it, you know. <laughs> yeah, the bar is higher. Yeah, you can tell when you when you get a bot. You know, the bot's asking you predefined questions, which is fine if I'm trying to get my air miles or something, right? It's not fine if I'm, you know, trying to decide on which company I'm going to use for a product or service that's important to my family, right? Or my business. Right, exactly. And and I, I, I don't know, like, I, I guess from the signals that I see, I think the old sort of, you know, evolutionary biology stuff, like the sort of signals from from your tribe that like a certain company or certain person's like worth worth partnering with or if anything, they're stronger now. And I don't think they're going anywhere, you know, get, uh, referrals are still 
the most tried and true way to close close a deal. Like if you get a referral, you're going to be, you know, you're coming in with a level of trust that you cannot manufacture through any number of case studies. So, or, or whatever else, you know. You know, we have a an outreach challenge that we give away for free on our website. And if you guys want to check that out, it's just hookseo.com and click the training button. But in the outreach challenge, we actually do something pretty similar to what you were talking about earlier, which is, looking up the people who are just two or three clients that you want to try and land, look them up on LinkedIn and look at their friend list and see if you have any contacts that are in common. And then asking one of your contacts to give you an intro to that person. And that is so valuable. I mean, we've had just a handful of people that have gone through in the last couple of weeks in through our little outreach challenge. And they've been like, I found out that the person that I wanted to do business with, my sister or my aunt or my, you know, person I used to work with is friends with them. And I just asked them for an intro. They gave me an intro and I set up a meeting next week. And that's like the easiest meeting they ever got with the perfect client that they always wanted. And it was so easy, right? And even if like you're not, you don't have all the tools to do that and build like huge hundreds, you know, hundred lists, like even just sitting down for an hour, three times a week or having somebody on your your team do that is probably time well spent. Right. Now let's talk about just for a minute. Let's say I'm like a real estate person, a property management person, a services type person where maybe I'm a plumber or I'm an electrician or something like that. And I don't know which person or which company's thing is going to break that I need to go fix or who is going to be moving or I don't really have a way to kind of pick a perfect client to do outreach to. I mean, you still could, but like you can call up every company in town and be like, is your furnace working? If not, I can come fix it. But is there kind of a B2B solution for that where there isn't really a good outreach method? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I think that if you're in the, the utility space or whatever, or you're helping a mover, there's these kind of like event-based things, right, that have to happen. It's like you're going to convince somebody to move <laughs> that doesn't want to move or something. So it's a, a pull a pull market, I guess, would be, would be the way to put it. And I think if you're doing outbound in that space, it's probably more about a partnership play, I would, I would imagine. So you probably want to like cozy up to... If it's a mover, you know, maybe it's uh, what would be a good a good hub of the spoke, you know, like maybe it's uh, commercial real estate people or residential real estate people, et cetera. You're probably it's probably more about building those relationships, getting enough referral arrangements, you know, sending Christmas cards and gifts to to the people that help you, and using using outreach as a way to do that. Yeah, I don't know if outreach makes a lot of sense for these things that you don't you don't care about until you you do. And then there's things that are kind of in the middle, right? They're kind of gray area between push and pull. I think like one thing that we sell a lot is website design development services, you know, six figure, seven figure projects for our clients. And I think that in those situations, you're not going to convince somebody to redo a ginormous site, but but it is something that happens pretty consistently for these companies. You know, maybe they redo their site once a year, and then, and also there's, there's smaller projects that you probably could encourage somebody to make like, Hey, you know, what are your conversions on this page? If we get it X percent better, you know, can we redo it? Like that, that sort of pitch is kind of in the middle. And then there's a lot of other stuff that kind of falls in the middle of those things where outbound is, is really effective. But I, I think there's always a place for it. There's always a place for knocking on doors in the right way. It just, it's just kind of about deciding on who, Yeah. I think so. we used to call it the golden goose method of partnerships, right? It's the story of the goose that lays the golden eggs. And you need to figure out who is in the business that is going to meet all the people 
who are the ones that are going to become your clients later. And that's your golden goose, right? So that could be in the example you had, if it's, if it's a moving company, then a property management company is your golden goose, right? Because they have people constantly moving in and out of rentals. And so if they need to suggest a moving company, that's your golden goose, right? And you should be out there trying to do outreach to all the property management companies you can and all the real estate agents you can. Exactly. Yeah. And to get to get a little bit meta, you know, because I'm, I'm on your show and maybe you'll come on mine, et cetera. I think having some kind of platform like a podcast is a really great way to do that. Because, Matt, if I knocked on your door and I was like, hey, let's chat. Let's see if we, if we can help each other. Can you send me some some business and I'll send you a referral fee? You'd probably be like, you know, maybe, but I've got my own business to run. You know, I've got a million things to do. Like, it probably isn't going to, it's probably not, I'm probably not going to remember it. Referral fee is not that interesting to me. I, I would do the same thing because it's sort of like, but now that, you know, we've had each other on, on, on our shows, it's like, so, it's a way that you can help somebody else and then start from there and be like, you know, I'd love to get you in front of our audience to talk about what you do. And then that now that's a situation where it's like, okay, now referrals are going to come across my radar more. So I think whether it's a podcast or not, that's a good argument for building up a platform of some sort that you can, you can share. And, you know, ideally it's something that also, also gives value. Like hopefully I'm giving value to your audience. So it's not just for the purpose of networking, but I think that's, that's a huge leverage point. Right. And I have, for those of you out there listening who do have a podcast, I highly recommend after you do your recording, ask the person that you're interviewing if you can recommend them or introduce them to other podcasts they can be on because they immediately are building credibility. And Dan, you just wait. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, will, I would have forgotten to ask you if you didn't remind me. So thank you. Thank you for that. About to have a bad day, Matt. <laughs> And then you have an email introduction to some other show that you've been on that you think your guest would be a good fit for. And now the person who has that podcast is hearing from you and you've kind of made this connection between people and you're giving a referral, right? So the person who gets the guest is happy because you sent him a good guest. The person who is going to be the guest is happy because they're going to be on another show. And now you've done a referral for them. So it makes you look good. It's kind of a good triangular giving circle there. I guess it's not a circle if it's a triangle. That doesn't really make sense. We got you. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. So Dan, I appreciate you coming on to talk about sales and lead generation, but I wanted to ask you if somebody wants to reach out to you at Sales Schema, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, emails, emails great. So just dan at saleschema.com. And then our site has our, our podcast is hosted on the site and there's lots of hopefully interesting episodes and blog articles and resources and stuff for people that might want to DIY some of this stuff. Right. And you wanted to give a pitch for your podcast there also. So people can listen in. Yeah, good point. So it's a digital agency growth podcast, obviously kind of focused on, on boutique agencies and that sort of thing, but should be should be useful to others too. Just we talk a lot about sales and, and B2B and all that, all the stuff we nerded out about. You know, I, I actually love listening to other niche podcasts. I, mean, I listen to a lot of real estate marketing podcasts and they have a lot of good stuff on them. You know, I want other podcasts for other industries. You can kind of get some insider info. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I think like sometimes you can, you can really get tunnel vision by just focusing on your own industry. So I probably should do more of that too. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for, like we were talking about the golden goose method there, where you're trying to find somebody who can give you a good stream of referrals. Let's say it's, we use the same example. You're a moving company and you want to find property management companies. Go listen to some property management podcasts 
And then you understand the talk and the lingo and what they're trying to get, what kind of clients they need, what they need in referrals. And then you can talk that language, right? When you go and, and, and stand in front of those people. Yeah, exactly. Just all, all the, the nomenclature, you know, all, all the jargon, like that's, that's the sort of thing where like, if you don't, if you don't know it, people are going to figure that out pretty soon. So that's definitely a leg up. Yeah. That's right. It's like when you get a group of people together who watch like the same TV show and they have all like the quirky things that the characters always say, like their catchphrases and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It gone for hours. So that's right. Dan, I appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk again soon when we're on your podcast. Yeah, sounds good, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. That was a lot of fun and look forward to having you on. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.